What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. JJ and the Bear back together again. Howdy. Here on a Friday, I'm JJ Cooper. That's Josh Norris. I'm JJ Coop 36. He's JNorris427 on Twitter. And uh, we're happy to have to be here together on a, a pretty cold day uh, here by North Carolina standards. That being said, we're not that far away. I, I, I'm actually starting to think of spring training. I was going to ask you before we started uh, on the air if we were thinking about spring training yet. And uh, I've been thinking about it. You've been thinking about it. At some point, we'll probably have a brawl for who gets to go to Arizona. I don't know. I don't think that would be fair. I mean, you're, you're much bigger than I am. But... Um, but we are going to talk today prospects, which you probably expected. We're mainly going to focus today. We're going to take some uh, some some Twitter questions. But the main thing we're going to focus, kind of start out today, before we go to the questions, is is talking about the Braves and the pretty massive amount of overhaul the Braves have done at the farm system level this this off season. Uh, a way I can put it is Monday we'll post an I'm posting an SBA that we'll do an updated Braves top 20. Because, you know, we did 30 in the handbook, we did 10. Our 10, which went live December 10th, our top 10 for the Braves, you look at it now and it's like... Completely different. Yeah. Oh, he's not there. He's not there. And these guys are moving down. A whole lot of them. So, but I, I we, with that, looking at it, I, I, one way I can sum it up, in that top 20, nine guys... In that, if you did it right now at this moment, updated Braves top 20, as I see it, I think probably as you see it too, nine of those guys are guys that they've brought in this offseason. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's an, it's an unbelievable overhaul on the fly of a farm system, and it's not the only overhaul that you know has been has gone on this uh, this offseason. I mean, we've seen a couple teams just kind of remake themselves really quickly. We saw that, I mean, this is more at the major league level, but we saw the Padres do it. And they just completely, you know, wreck shop. I think they have eight of their uh, top 30. I think they've traded away eight of their top 30 prospects this offseason. And the Tigers have dealt some guys, too. I mean, Eugenio Suarez is gone. Although R- technically not a prospect anymore, but yes. True. Uh, did Robbie Ray count this year? I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Robbie Ray was gone. And um, then- Domingo Leyva is gone. Devon Travis 
is gone. And then that's not counting during the season. You throw in uh, Willie Adamas. Right. Jake Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Knebel. You know, but then you go back. I went back and looked at the Angels' top 30 list, and, and 11 of their top 30, I believe it was, don't have it in front of me, but I believe I counted up as 11 of their top 30 from last year are no longer in the uh, system, in the organization anymore. That's the changeover, too. Yeah, that's... Which... You're bringing back Trader... Which leads it back to this, which is, okay, so what was your impressions? Yesterday, we had really our first big move after... We had a nice little lull there for a couple of weeks. Ricardo Sanchez for Nate Hyatt and uh, Kyle Kibitza. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my favorite kind of trade, one that absolutely nobody knows about until the team's Twitter feed announces it. But I mean, it seems to continue their their uh, their trend of... Uh, the Braves trend? The, the Braves trend, yes, of acquiring um, uh, risky arms, risky pieces, and putting them into the farm system and hoping one hits. It just happened again and again and again this year with many Benuelos... Uh, we talk about Rich, Ricardo Sanchez, not injured, obviously, but 17 and, you know, not out of the complex ball. Uh, Max Freed, a guy that... Will not pitch probably significant innings till 2016. Right. They're just collecting lottery tickets, and one day they're going to sit down with a penny, and they're going to scratch them and see what they got. And really, if you look, they did trade away two players who were among their top 12 prospects by our pre-trade rankings, uh, Kyle Kibitza mm-hmm. and... And uh, Jason Shreve, who went to the Yankees in the Manny Banuelos trade, which we'll also talk about. Exactly what you said. The main thing that they've done, they've taken when they the prospects they traded away. And you really, if you want to, you could throw. You know, you got to throw uh, um, Dan Winkler. You know, well, no, I'm talking about guys that they sent away. Oh, okay. You, you have to throw um, Dave Tommy Lastella into oh, yeah. this too, as far as guys they traded away. They traded away close to the big league, low ceiling guys. And what they've gotten back is usually much further away, higher ceiling guys. So they're, like, they're buying low. Yeah. Well, they're, they're basically looking at, I mean, the reality is, is this is how the prospect value works, and it makes sense. I mean, this is why we do the BA grades in the handbook, by the way. Prospect handbook, not too far away. You can order it now, baseballamerica.com slash store. Um, but with the prospect handbook, we do the BA grades, and what the BA grades, Kyle Kubitza was a 45 medium. What that means is, is that in our projection, he's probably not going to be a long-term everyday regular. If he's a regular, he's a guy that you're probably looking to replace. Obviously, the Angels may have a higher evaluation of him than, than maybe we did, but that was our evaluation from talking to people from different teams. But he's a medium risk. He's already played double A. He's got a, a decent shot of being a big leaguer, not in the not too distant future. The Braves traded those guys away. Jason Shreve is a uh, you know is a forty five, but a low risk forty five in that he's a a guy who had some success at the big league level last year. Uh, I would expect him to be you know part of the Yankees bullpen. Yeah, in twenty fifteen. And you want to talk about remakes? I mean, they're adding all sorts of guys on the cheap. Justin Wilson, Jason Shreve. David Carpenter, those guys. I'm sure I'm missing somebody here. But right, added, they're, they're they're trying to find cheap uh, or inex. I should say inexpensive. I'm not calling them cheap, but inexpensive bullpen arms who can uh, who can help right away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they they did get rid of Shane Green, which was a little strange, I thought. But they brought but, back well, Didi Gregorius. They got, they got a shortstop. I mean, that's what they they got a shortstop back. He's going to be their everyday shortstop. You know that you have to give something up for that. But. Um, 
but no, but what? But with the Braves, like you said, the guys they've gotten back are almost to a man high ceiling guys who are a whole lot riskier. Uh, the Braves, if we look at this in 2018, you can always say this with prospects, but much more with this group. The guys that they've brought in, we could be looking at it and say, well, one of those five key guys they brought in worked out. Of eight, well, eight or nine key guys. One of them worked out. Oh, but that one could be really good. Or we could say, ah, oh, three of them worked out. That really worked out well for them. Because, as you said, Sanchez is a, <laughs> he's a long, long way, way away. You know, and then go beyond that. That was nice. We had a little, yeah. you know, I, I, next time I'll kind of go up an octave. And, that know. sounds like someone to cut out for a future podcast yeah. intro. <laughs> but uh, uh, but you, you have that, but then you have Max Freed. Obviously, you're, you don't get Max Freed in this kind of deal if Max Freed was healthy and was through 120 innings last year in, right. in full season ball. Try to get a high ceiling guy normally who hasn't had some sort of pockmark or wart on him. Call, call Billy Bean and say, hey, I got Jeff Samarja. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you got to give up something of, of magnitude. Um, but, you, you, you know, you look at it that way. Uh, the, they brought in, and, and this is, they brought into a system that lacked. That was one of the worst farm systems in baseball. When this offseason began, we talked about the Angels. I'd probably still say the Angels. But, but the Braves were in the discussion. They didn't have high ceiling guys. They just, they, they lacked them. Especially high ceiling guys who have really much of a chance of reaching that ceiling. I mean, they were number one. You've seen it up on, you know, up at BaseballAmerica.com right now. Number one, Jose Peraza. Okay, every day, second baseman, maybe as soon as this year. Lucas Sims. Yeah. Number, he's, he's a starter, but what, depending on when you see him, uh, I'm probably the lowest of the low on Lucas Sims because I just couldn't catch him good in three tries last year. So, but, you know, people to a man say he's somewhere in the rotation. Right, but Jason Hirsch, you know, potential. Who's Albies? Albies is the high ceiling guy, but he's also five foot nine. You know, so it's kind of hard to say, when you say high ceiling for a guy who's very small, that kind of lowers his ceiling often. Well, high ceiling for a guy who's really small are okay. Yeah, 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 you've got plenty of headroom. <laughs> but, um, but you got past that. I, I, when we're doing these handbook, the, the handbook, again, I love the BA grades. One of the things to me is, is that the 50 high, the 50 high is the meat of the book in many ways, in that 50 highs are not top 100 prospects, but 50 highs... As we put it, the BA grade, a 50 on a BA grade means you have a, your ceiling, your, like, your likely ceiling is that of an everyday regular. So that's a guy who, in your farm system, who could project as an everyday regular, but the high risk means that there's a pretty high chance he will not reach that ceiling. There's a, every farm system should have a number of 50 highs because... And really, to me, that's kind of the demarcation line. Once you go below the 50 highs, when you're looking at a 45 high in the book... Yeah, you're either a reliever... Right, or, or you're pretty limited. Right. And if you're, a 40, again, if you're a 45 low, you're close to the big league's useful role player, probably. If you're a 45 high, what we're really saying is this isn't a farm system where you've run out of... Guys that you look at and say, that's a potential everyday, solid everyday regular who's a long ways away. You're below that level then. The Braves, when this offseason started, 
that demarcation line was at like number 13 for them. So once you got past number 13 in the Braves' top 30, you were below the 50 high level. You were then talking about 45 highs and 40 mediums and things like that. That's thin. That's very thin. They've brought in with these trades, they have brought in eight players who grade at 50 high or better. So that's impressive. It's really impressive. Now, I'll ask you the question, though. As you just said, there's a lot of these guys are, you know, when and what do you when do you if this works out how far away do you think it is before we're starting to see the fruits for this for the Braves? A couple of years. I mean, I'll take the guy that I'm most familiar with in that scenario is Benuelos, and I got you ranked him in the rank in the Yankees. Yeah, um, I don't remember where, but uh, number fourteen, I believe. Give a little. I'll give a little one thing away. That's not giving much away. All right, <laughs> you remember my order better than, you, better than I do. Either way. Uh, I ranked him uh, this year, and I ranked him last year. He's He's got all sorts of talent. And we've ranked him overall a long time now on the Yankees list. Yeah, and he's still very young. He's 23, going to be mm-hmm. 24 in March, I believe. Um, and he's he was different this year. Before the surgery, he was a dynamic fastball, change-up curveball guy. Uh, and this year they added him a slider cutter, and it, it just looked... Everything looked a grade lower, mm-hmm. and you know it's you know he missed essentially two years. He had the Tommy John, and he didn't pitch almost all of the the year previously. The right until he, the Tommy he, John, he did, the, he did the Max Freed, and I'm I'm never. I mean, I understand people are afraid of getting cut. You know, you want to avoid getting cut off you can, but when you have that, we're gonna you know when you have that kind of uncertainty, and then you wait and wait, then you end up missing a lot more time. Yeah, I mean, he, they they kept him out in the beginning of March with I think it was they said it was a back thing because he. Pitched in Scranton in the cold, and then you said they said it was a bone bruise, and you, he was back on the mound throwing bullpens, and then boom in September or October, whenever it was, they announced TJ. And it was, are you kidding me? You lost it. You're, you're going to lose two years of development on this kid. But in any and, case, everything came back looking a grade lower, and they was they obviously monitored him pretty hard this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Braves do with him. If they do something different than what the Yankees would do to him, if they scrap the slider cutter, if they do things to, to change him, but this is a big year for him. And when you say he, I mean, he didn't pitch an uh, official pitch at 13. So, uh, did he? Uh, I'm, not, I'm looking at it right now. On the prospect handbook, did not play injured. So, Manny. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you are talking, and he didn't, he only threw six, he only had 24 innings in 2012. Right. So, when you say, I mean, like you say, he came back this year, but you're right, he missed you know, didn't throw it all last year. I mean, thirteen in thirteen, I should say. I'm sorry, in thirteen, didn't throw much the year before that. You are talking. You're, if you're a Braves fan, your hope is there was some rust there, and then given another year away from the injury, you are you're you're hoping. Then you're saying, okay, the stuff picked back up a grade. Yeah, if you want or a half grade. If you want to see what the Braves are looking at as far as potentially, you want to see his his, his shining moment. Go to a few spring trainings ago and watch his outing against the Red Sox, and that was you know he was he was lights out that day. Oh, that was uh, when I, Manny Benuelos. I mean, that was, that like, was when wait. the train started. I mean, and that that was when there were Yankees fans who were screaming like, "How's this guy not in the rotation?" I remember a moment before that when he was pitching in the playoffs against New Hampshire. He was pitching against Edward Edwin Encarnacion, and he made him look foolish. He was up to ninety seven that day, so uh, <sighs> he was he was awesome. Again, you got him. You got Max Freed, who pre-injury 
was one of the better young pitching prospects in the game. Again, he's going to miss effectively two seasons because they tried to rehab him, and then after rehabbing him, they uh, ended up seeing that he had to have Tommy John. So he effectively didn't pitch. I mean, you can really – I know he, he did lock innings this year. You could throw that. I mean, it was very few, and he was not right, and you could throw it out. Um, and he's not going to pitch really in much at all, if at all, in 2015. So you've got that. You got Tyrell Jenkins, who missed significant time with a shoulder injury. But again, I would say that Jenkins of these three, the difference between Freed, Banuelos, and Jenkins is, is that Freed and Banuelos have shown more of it at the pro level than Jenkins, from the standpoint of Jenkins has not really had, Jenkins has always been a guy who has plenty of stuff, but he's really not yet had a stretch where you go, wow. That's what we're look. That's what we're expecting. He's always been the the way when you talk to scouts about Tyrell Jenkins, it's, it's always seems to come back to there's a lot to like there, but the sum of the parts has not added up to what you would expect yet. Well, again, they got him, you know, and Shelby Miller uh, in the Hayward trade. They're, he's not the key p- player in that piece, you know, piece in that deal, but he is another guy that they can very well look at and say if it all comes together. I mean, there's a lot, and Ricardo Sanchez is is very much an if-it-all-comes-together guy. Is it, I mean, is it crazy to think that Ricardo Sanchez is the least risky of these guys, that he's got he's got clean bill of health? Yeah, I would still say, though, when you say 17, he just hadn't had a chance to have the, you know, I mean, he, he, he hasn't come through the injury nexus yet from the <laughs> standpoint of he hasn't gotten to 21 still healthy. You know, that's, that's a, a, a big test. Um... Flipping it over, looking at it from the Angel side, I, I have, you know, again, I, I initial viewpoint on that was, man, I got to like that trade for the Braves. Because Ricardo Sanchez, number two prospect in the Angel system coming into this, admittedly, you know, not number two. And I think, I can't remember if it was in number two or number three after the uh, Heaney uh, added, was added to the organization. But, you know, it's, that, that's an Angels list. The Angels list isn't very strong. But high ceiling, potential starter, all that. But you look at it for the Angels, and really, I, I know where I put it. This trade comes back to, this is a trade done because Caleb Cowart has kind of fallen flat. And if you were looking back two years ago, you'd say, okay, that was before they got David Freeze, but you know, Caleb Cowart was going to be their third baseman in the future. Well, David Freeze is going into his final year of you know of his contract, and considering his age and all, I don't think that there's a whole lot of reasons if you're the Angels that you're saying, okay, well we want to re up him for you know multiple more years after that. If that's the case, you've got to look. Okay, do they have an option in house to kind of at least be grooming? And Caleb Coward's coming off of back to back seasons where he posted sub six twenty OPSs in the Texas League. That's not going to fly. That's that you. I mean, he was left off the forty man and Rule Five eligible, not picked by anyone, and not surprisingly not picked. What that means, though, is, is they don't have a, a third baseman to, to kind of look for as a possible replacement. Well, that's where Kubica comes in. You know, Kubica is not a great defender over there, but he's okay. Um, you know, needs to be a little bit more reliable. He's not a great hitter, but he gets he has on base skills. He's a left handed hitter. That need that's useful for them because. They're pretty right-handed heavy uh, at the big league level. And then 
This is where. Did you see Hyatt pitch this year in Lynchburg? I don't think so. I don't recall. I think him. I saw. I may have seen him once. Well, but if you did, you were with me because I don't think you saw Lynchburg. I thought I saw Lynchburg one time without you, but I could be wrong. I could be mixing my years. Um, but this is where we are in 2015 to me. Is is that Hyatt was you know 93, 94 normally, um, but he did touch some 98s and 99s at his best, and that makes him a useful throw-in who did not you know who did not make the Braves top 30. Uh, again. My brain cannot, you know, I, I understand it. I'm starting to process it when, when, you, when, I try to put, when I put together a list of guys who threw 100 in the minors last year and you get over 50 guys and you find guys who are Rule 5 eligible, weren't picked, and you understand why they weren't picked. Like, the world has changed. But that being said, he's a power arm who will be in A next year for the Angels. You know, when you're in A as a power arm reliever, you could be, you know, it just the right combination comes together, you could be in the big leagues next year. Yeah, and you're, you're alluding to velocity here. I think next this year what we want to bear down on do is just see how many games whoever goes to games can go without seeing a guy touch 95 once. I think I want to see... It's going to be hard to do. I, I think there was one game last year that I recall that people were like topping at 92, and I left going, really? What, when, when did this happen? We might figure out how to do a Burlington game. It's possible to do a Burlington, like an Appy League game, if on the right night. Ooh, I don't know about that. They have, the, no, the yeah, be always hard. has you're the right, one actually. guy throws 97. You're actually, you're right, because I think about it, like when I saw them versus, Burlington versus the E-Twins, and it was like, you had starter for Burlington was 95, a reliever who followed him was 95, and then the, yeah, yeah especially against Jake Reed came in, it was like. 97, 88. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, we, again, I, I always go back to that August Lakewood Greensboro game we saw, where none of the pitchers that were involved in that game were elite prospects for either team, but we probably saw four guys throw 94, you know, 93, 94 that day. Yeah, I mean, 95 is the number I wanted to hone in on, but because it's obviously halfway between 90 and 100. But I, I think in the fall league, you saw, if you saw a guy, saw a guy who looks like uh, David Eckstein built, and he was throwing 97. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you know, it's it is truly crazy now. Um but so I I do think the the thing that stands out is is that one of the advantages of when you make a changeover, we've seen this. I mean, the the teams that have been the busiest as far as making a lot of moves are generally teams where you have had a changeover in the front office. And one of the reasons for that AJ Preller, if you're the Padres, for one, you're looking to change things up. But for two, these aren't your guys. Some of them are going to become your guys. But there's a difference between trading away prospects that you drafted and trading away prospects that were from the previous regime. Because, for one, I think that sometimes different regimes value players differently. And for two, you don't have that same kind of... I mean, you trade away, a lot of times a guy gets traded away, there's a feeling of, okay, did I, you know, is that admitting a mistake? That's not a really concern if you're the new GM. I mean, if you're, if you're the Braves, the Braves looked at this quite clearly. John Hart and his front office looked at it and said, we don't feel like, I, I don't ask me to explain the Marquesas deal part of this, but we do not feel like that we are really a, uh, a team that could win the World Series next year. We're, so... We're going to make moves to 
help ensure that we can try to do that down the road. And that's what it looks like to me. Uh, what is that how you yeah, see it? I mean, that seems about right. I mean, they dealt away their, their star, their face. Not, I guess Andres and Simmons is probably closer to their face. But they traded away. Or Freddie Freeman. But uh, I'm talking about Upton. And and Hayward. Yeah, and Hayward. Those, both those guys. I mean, that's clearly that's. They traded stars. And the thing about this is, even by trading stars, I mean, this is where the thing about today, like, if they if they do dip because of this, if they end up being a 70-75 win team next year, well, one thing about that is, is nowadays having a high draft pick is a much different story than it was 10 years ago in that if you have a high, you know, if you have high picks, you're going to have significantly more money in the draft. It makes more money and internationally. That's going to be important to them too. But sorry, Braves fans, it is, as you probably know if you're a Braves fan, it's, there's going to be a, winter is here. Uh, for a little while, yeah, and if you, especially if you're going to look up at uh, at Washington for a while, who's got a better farm system and better yeah. big league talent? Yeah, they're oof, the the pipeline of pitchers they have. Or if you're going to look at the Marlins, who might have the best outfield in that division, Stanton, Ozuna, Yellick. Yeah, I mean, okay, better than the Braves. Is Braves right now is uh, BJ Upton. Uh, Evan Gaddis and uh, Marcakis, I'd definitely take it over that. Do you want it over Worth, Harper, Span? I probably would, especially because Worth's hurt. Yeah, Worth just had the surgery, so it's going to be Taylor. And they, they trade, wouldn't they like to have Sousa right now? <laughs> I think they'll be okay. I think they're, they're still a, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I Especially because they have Michael Taylor, who had, you know, plenty of double-A time last year himself. But we did want to move into some of our uh, questions. We've got a lot of questions here, which thank you guys for that. Uh, again, I'm JJ Coop 36 He's Jay Norris 427 And as always, as you know, and I'm sure you're following, at Baseball America is the, uh, the main, uh, which all of us read that and see that too. But uh, I'll start with one that's teed up for you here, Josh. You don't have to give away exactly where they, but Travis Lincoln, LPD Lincoln, asks, any of the New York Yankees 2014 international free agents make their top 20 prospects? I believe so. I mean, again, I... There's a, I'll put it this way. If you're interested in that, you could do a lot of reading in the handbook. There's a... Again, I don't remember exactly what, what order I put everybody in or how it sh- uh, shook down, but there are a lot of guys from this big class in there, and obviously they still could add more when, and if and when, I guess, it, when. Moncada gets unlocked by OFAC. Um, but you're going to see... That's uh, a great phrase, when Moncada gets unlocked by OFAC, which I know exactly what you're saying, but that is, that's a funny phrase. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's under cage right now. Um, you're going to have guys like Dermis Garcia in there. Uh, Juan De Leon is in there. Uh, there's some other guys who are in there whose names are escaping me right now. But there's, I think there's four or five guys from this year's big spend who are in there right now. Uh, so... So, I, you know, and that was, I think, pretty vital for the Yankees because that Yankees list, that Yankees list is one that could look a whole lot better in a couple of years. Yeah. Because it's not that great right now. It's okay, not, but not terrible, but not great. It's pretty good. I mean, if this is a big year for, uh, for Jorge Mateo, who hasn't been able to stay healthy because of a couple freak injuries. Um, but he's, I mean, people love Jorge Mateo. People were asking about him at the trade deadline. I like Greg Bird a lot. Um, but it was hard not to fall in love with him at the fall league because he was just hitting everything, and that swing from the left side was was just gorgeous. Um, and I've been on the Severino bandwagon since day one, 
Yeah, you you are you are driving that train. I, mean, I, I like him too. I'm not saying I agree with you, but and I saw him, I saw his worst start of his career. I still <laughs> like him. <laughs> um, but uh, okay. Well, moving on to question number two, what would a Cards Phillies deal look like for Hamels? This is from Gerald Andriol, GLA underscore three I I I. Uh, would the Phillies be able to get Alex Reyes? I, I think if. If they worked out a deal, I think the Phillies could get Alex Reyes. I will tell you this. If the, if Alex Reyes ended up being the cornerstone guy of the deal, I'd be a little worried about that. When we talk about kind of the shooting for the moon type prospect, that's Alex Reyes. I mean, that's like uh, if, if the Braves, that's the kind of guy that the Braves have gotten, but a healthy version. Because Reyes, if he's great, if it all comes together. I mean, again, I think I've told the story on the podcast, but the one time I've ever seen Reyes live, the first inning, I, I came here, it was in the first like week and a half that I was at BA, and I was just looking on uh, MILB to see which guys were pitching. I said, oh, okay, Alex Reyes is pitching. I really don't know who this guy is. Let me see what kind of bonus he got. Oh, he got a really big bonus. Let me go see him at Burlington. And the first inning, he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, and I feared for my life. He struck out eight guys in that game, and I think a total of 25 pitches, which uh, they didn't have a chance against him. So uh, he's nasty. Yeah, I mean, he is... As as far as pure stuff, his ranks with anyone in the game really. I mean, like fastball, curveball, change. It's and really good. I, I watched a, a an outing of his in spring training where I saw him strike out a guy where on back to back curveballs he got the guy to duck to basically bail out on strikes. Now, all that being said. You know, he was in the Midwest League, talked to a lot of people in the Midwest League about him, scouts and all. And, and you see him on his best night, it was really good. You see him on his worst night, it's really and it bad. was frightening. And again, that's what I'm saying, though, is it's like if Reyes is the second guy that they get back in a Hamels deal, I follow it. But they've got to get one of those closer to the big league type arms. they got to get, get back. Marco Gonzalez. Carlos Martinez. Sure, Carlos Martinez. To me, Carlos Martinez makes... You know, like, if you like, if you're the Phillies and you like Martinez, he's the perfect kind of guy to be kind of the, you know, he, he hasn't become so entrenched in St. Louis that he's not, that he's untouchable or anything like that. At this point, I don't think you're getting Michael Walker in the deals. I guess no, I don't think so. But Martinez has a chance to be a very valuable big league ready guy, whereas Reyes is the guy who just finished low A and walked a ton of guys in low A. You can't, to me, I guess what I'm saying is, is you can't build a trade around Reyes, but I think you could get him in that deal, and I do think that if you did, you know, that it'd be a very nice pickup for the Phillies, uh, an organization that could use some high-ceiling talent uh, to dream on down the road. Yeah, and then we talked earlier, before the year last year, about the outfielders the Cardinals have. Unfortunately, one has passed on, um, and... No, I one, think, one has been I traded. Think, you can get Steve Piscotti. Richick or Piscotti, yeah. you know, is obviously obviously makes a, a key. It makes sense in this deal too, and that's where I've seen like kind of the rumors seem to be the more of those closer to the big league guys. You know, a Grichik or Piscotti and a Martinez or a Gonzalez, something like that. And while we're talking about this, the Phillies also could be talked about as a team that has done a little bit to improve their farm system this offseason. season. Yeah, out of Tom their double A rotation. At least to begin the year, stands to be a prospect every day. Uh, Jesse Biddle, mm-hmm. Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, Tom Wendell, Ben Lively. Yeah, that's and three of those were acquired this offseason. Yes, three of those were acquired. Hey, 
uh, I give them credit. They, they should have been doing this a while back, but they did. They finally have started to realize that building your team around 35-year-olds is probably not going to pay off. And if they don't choose to deal Cole Hamels to the Cardinals or anyone this offseason, if they can get Cliff Lee healthy at the deadline and prove he's healthy, they can flip him for quite a package, I'd think, well, you, to you a contender. The funny thing is, if you think that, they have to do better than a lot of the previous Cliff Lee deals, because the previous Cliff Lee deals have often not turned out very well. No, not through no fault of Cliff Lee's. Yes, it's not Cliff Lee's fault. <laughs> Cliff Lee is not making the negotiations. But, okay, well, Louis Frontera, who's going to go back to the Braves here, this is Lfront underscore 97, asks, think Malik Smith just acquired by the Braves in, you know, in that uh, massive deal, uh, hits enough at the upper levels to develop into a regular center fielder at the big league level? That's, just, that's all you. I, I will say no. I think that he could be a very useful player. I I would not rule it out. Um, I say that partly through experience because I guess Gerard Dyson hasn't become an everyday center fielder, but Gerard Dyson has become a 100-game-a-year center fielder. And Gerard Dyson, Malik Smith is significantly further along as a hitter than Gerard Dyson was at a similar point in his career. Malik Smith, the things you like about it is, is that he knows how to bunt, Top, you know, top-notch speed, knows how to bunt. In his second year in the Midwest League, he made some significant improvements, got to move on and up. But the questions are going to be, the bat is one of those that, we talk about B.A. Graves. He's a guy that right now you throw probably a 50 high on him because there is that chance he could be an everyday guy, high risk of that. You also could throw a 45 medium on him in that I see him having a good chance to be a very solid role player whose defense, whose speed, whose ability to be a guy who kind of, especially in the NL, you know, comes in in the late innings, maybe you, you pitchers up, you bring him in to bunt, you know, or to try to get on, steal second, and set up, start something. So let's say that the Braves do make the postseason this year. Mm-hmm. You know who he is? <laughs> he's Terrence Gore. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not he, – he, I mean, he could do that, right? Yes, I, absolutely he could do that. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was one of the – you know, one of the best base dealers in the league, you know, in base, minor league baseball last year, he, he can absolutely do that, and with a better bat than Terrence Gore. So, that, you know, again, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting one kind of to keep an eye on. They've got another, a number of interesting guys in that, uh, you know, in that trade who are useful, Dustin Peterson, uh, you know, Jace Peterson, you know, useful guys. It'll be interesting to kind of watch. Um, Is the Yankees opening day starter a foregone conclusion? Assuming health, yeah. I think that's going to be Masahiro Tanaka. Nah, I would think so. I would hope so. Um, but uh, here's, here's one I think that's keyed up for you, too. Uh, why does Chris Bryant not have the same contact questions Baez has when they both have similar contact and K rates? That's from Tyler Dunaway at TW Dunn. JJ? Um, because they haven't had the same. They've had. There's been a difference in that. Okay. For Chris Bryant's career, looking at K rates here. So last year, which is really his first full season, Chris Bryant struck out about 27% of the time and walked 14.5% of the time. Javier Baez, let's take similar levels. I'll give you on strikeout rate. Strikeout rate was pretty similar. But Javier Baez never walked more than, like, the best walk rate in his career is... 7.9%. 7.9%. Generally, it's been less than that. And his strikeout rate obviously went through the roof. Um, 
uh, you know, went through the roof pretty much when he hit the big leagues. Now, again, if you wanted to argue that, okay, the strikeout rates are somewhat similar, but Chris Bryant's always walked more. Chris Bryant has always um, really, you know, has, has kind of got a longer track record of a solid, of having a, a strikeout rate on the upper end, but at the usable upper end. Javier Baez has had stretches where it's been a little bit beyond that. Um, and he's never, really what it comes down to this, he's never walked. If you're walking with it, there's some patience in there that gets you in counts. Uh, Javier Baez has not demonstrated that patience. It is a little frightening, you know, it's good to kind of bring him up, that it, it is a little frightening that you look at Javier Baez and what he's done the you know, winter ball this year in Puerto Rico, it's been awful. No other way to put it. I mean, again, it was short. I don't ever try to put too much stock in winter ball stats because I had someone ask me about Jesse Winker. It's like, but he tore up the AFL, so why wouldn't Winker be ready to you know compete for a starting job? And the answer is, is Jesse Winker had a great 68 at-bats in the AFL. Javier Baez has had a bad 75 at-bats in Puerto Rico. That being said, you should not be striking out at the rate that he's striking out. He's striking out just as bad there. You was hoping to see improvement. Puerto Rico should be where he can make more contact. Well, in Puerto Rico last year, the, the breakout, the big big name, big producer was Michael Taylor. And he did the same thing mm-hmm. in the in the pros. Uh, in double A. Yeah, in double sure. A and triple A. Not much in triple A because he didn't get much time there. Uh, but also John Singleton. He tore the heck out of the ball in Puerto Rico this year and then came to the Astros eventually. And did not. And that's, uh, again, Puerto Rico is not somewhere where you say, okay, that you should be, that's not something where you say, okay, that's an easy translation to the big leagues. Right. I mean, I think if I recall, I, I, I know I did a piece on, you know, which league is the, 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 the best uh, competition mm-hmm. in those. And Puerto Rico was now near the bottom. It's, if, you're, if you're in Mexico, you're going to face crafty lefties, righties, crafty everythings, veterans of millions of years with, you know, funny stuff. And in Puerto Rico, you're going to face... Hard-throwing. Yeah. In Australia... That's... In Australia, you're going to get to see the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> um, uh, there's another question here I liked, um, which was, who are we most um, excited to see make his full-season debut? Uh, they mentioned Ahmed Rosario, Franklin Barreto. Norberto Paulino asked this, at Norberto Paulino. And Rafael Devers, and... Etc. too. So yeah, yeah. You yeah, can take anyone off Well, the I'm going to take etc. but... Um, I don't think we're going to get to see Barreto here, period, because he plays for the A's system and they don't come here, that I remember. But we'll get to see Rosario at some point with Savannah and Devers with Greenville. Um, I will take Devers because I have heard nothing but amazing things from Ben Badler, and Ben Badler is usually right on these things. See, I could play the personal card, which is I've seen Devers um, and I've seen Barreto. So, uh, so from that standpoint, hmm, but no, actually, a Devers is to me. I think Devers could be one of the dominant players in the Saturday this year. It'd be fascinating to watch. Um, you know, Barreto would be. I'll be watching him on MLB, MILB TV because again, you're you're talking about a, a very interesting guy and guy breaking into a new organization, as you mentioned. You know, he'll want to be proving you know what they got. Um, Whichever guys the Yankees send to Charleston from their crop of dudes. Yeah, but those guys are a couple of years away. Most, we well, I mean, not, not just not, the, not their 2014 international crop necessarily, but a guy like Alex Palma 
could be up there. They were aggressive with him. I could see, uh, I guess it wouldn't be his debut, but I wouldn't be surprised if Luis Terenz is back there. Uh, again. You know, you know a guy I'd be interested to see? And there's at least a chance we could see him here? Greensboro. Oh, Tyler Kolek. Tyler Kolek. Yeah, oh yeah, I've been drooling over that. Spencer Adams with uh, either of the affiliates, if they choose to send him up here. But Tyler Kolek, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see because Tyler Kolek, as everyone knows, through 100 in high school, Velo dropped off a little bit as a, you know, to a 93-94 as a pro. You know, how dare he? But uh, it'll be interesting to see what his stuff looks like. And again, I don't know for sure that he's going to make it to Greensboro right away. But if he does, we will be there a lot. You know, and it's, it's funny we talk about all these 100-mile-an-hour throwers. I didn't get one real 100 on my gun last year. Not not one. I got a lot of 144s from, like, off the bat and whatever. But no real 100s last year. Did I'm trying to remember if I did either. I don't think I did either. I think that was kind of amazing. I saw quite a great deal of 99s. Bernardo Lopez definitely gave us some 99s. He gave me the best 99 I've ever seen with the, the one pitch. I remember you, you had the gun. I turned to you and I asked if it was a changeup. And you showed me the gun and said 99. I, my jaw kind of unhinged like I was some sort of Amazon snake. Um, it, it will be, again, we're not that far away, and that's what's exciting about no, it. No, but before that, and if you really want to take this away from being a prospect podcast handbook, uh, or pod, prospect handbook podcast, if I know how to order my words, college season's coming up too. Uh, we're, we're, we are literally not far more than a month away from that. I was looking at that last night, and we're going to start the season here, depending on what kind of drive you want to make. See Nathan Kirby at EC, ECU to start the year, uh, May 8th. If you want to drive to Charlottesville, you get to see Michael Machuela, maybe, versus Nathan Kirby, depending on when their teams yeah, start. We can see Machuela here all the time. Oh, I know, but I'm pointing, this is a really nice But But again, there will be, there'll be a lot of interesting with you know college baseball, high school baseball, NHSI is not that far away, which is always exciting uh, here. It's guaranteed to be super cold that week. Yeah, it always is. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, so it is, and the prospect handbook is that the thing that we have to celebrate is the prospect handbook is at the printer now. Yes, um, it's, it might be back from the printer. No, it's not. No, no, no. It's at the printer. We get the proof today, and then, but we are not that far away from them actually printing the handbooks. When they print the handbooks, then they ship them here. When they ship them here, then we ship them out. And if you are wondering, again, I know there's other ways you can buy it. The advantage always of buying it from Baseball America directly is you will get it first. Once we get it, we ship it out. We will ship it out. You will have it in your hands before Amazon or any of the other you know places you can get it has even gotten their hands on it to start thinking about putting it out or, or shipping it. So it's not that far away, and we're very excited. We're very excited about that because we always are very proud of that book. We're also very excited because it is a ton of work. And it always feels really good when we're done with it. Yes, it really it does. Is, it's a life-changing experience. It's like, I don't have the handbook hanging over my head tonight. That'd be nice. It's uh, like our collective child that we've birthed. Right. It always is right around Christmas. It's always pretty crazy. Um, our gift to you. But, uh, but so we really do, you know, if you haven't ordered it yet, we would really strongly suggest that you do. Because if you're, if you're enjoying this podcast, this is, I mean... There are 900 reports in there, plus. We do some in the appendix of guys who hadn't signed yet from Cuba, Korea, things like that. And it's, it's in-depth, it's fun, it's, it's what we enjoy doing. But 
Thank you for all the questions. I'm sorry we didn't. Actually, I'm gonna do, we'll do one more because um, I, I was kind of interested in this one too. Uh, Dustin Dietz, that's at Dustin Dietz 18, asks, curious to know your thoughts on Nick Williams. Plate discipline, makeup concerns, but Duke can barrel up anything. Dustin, I think you just did a perfect, if you were going to do a Twitter scouting report on Nick Williams, that's a pretty good one. Well, uh, let, me, let me say this. If you'd like to know more about Nick Williams, you can refer to our Scouts Video View uh, series that we did in the middle of the year. We did Nick Williams. Uh, and they talked about how fantastic his hands were. Great hands. Yep, he needs to, but he does have plate discipline. The hands are actually, a, the funny thing is, is I think hands are part of the problem. His hands are so good that it causes him issues. And they, they, one of the scout in question mentioned that he runs like he's holding two suitcases. Which, when you walk, which you, when you watch him, if you remember the the, the video where they photoshopped a parrot onto Edwin Encarnacion, you could photoshop a pair of suitcases into uh, Nick Williams's uh, hands while he runs. That's not to say he's terribly slow, but he's not fast either. But he does have outstanding hands, which leads to the ability to catch up to anything, to make contact with anything. Again, that's been a problem with him so far, but it is also what makes him very interesting. Um, I, I, again, I, I think more of those guys than not don't end up being as good as you hope they would be. Every now and then, one of them does, and when they do, it's pretty special. Yeah. So that's that's what that's a little short uh, thoughts on uh, on Nick Williams. So we're gonna wrap this up for today. We're gonna try to be back uh, again next week. You know, we'll try to. I think on Monday, I'm hoping to have a special podcast with one of our. Our newest uh, uh, teammates here, maybe an introductory podcast with our new guy, who you will meet on Monday. Cool. But uh, for Josh Norris, Jay Norris 427, I'm JJ Cooper, JJ Coop 36. We uh, do appreciate the, uh, the listen, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. So long, everybody. Going, really? What, when, when did this happen? We might figure out how to do a Burlington game. It's possible to do a Burlington, like an Appy League game, if on the right now. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.